Thank you for tuning into Calvary Life Keller's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you are encouraged and challenged in your personal relationship with Jesus. For more information about our service times and locations, please visit us at www.calvarylife.us. Check one. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Come on, praise the living God. Yes, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome here to Calvary. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we want to welcome you. Uh, we want to welcome our online viewers. Uh, thank you for um, choosing us um, this morning. Um, so God's, God's going to move. He, he, he is here. Um, I, just want, I just want you to know that. Uh, he, is, he is here. A lot of times we ask God uh, to be present, and he's already here. We just need to catch up. Amen? Come on. How many here expecting, came here expecting God to move? Hopefully the rest of you will, will catch up later, later on. Hallelujah. So we, we have uh, a Dallas and Emily uh, here this this morning, um, uh, Dallas just graduated uh, from from the, um, college, and for those who know, he he did his internship here, um, and he killed it. He did a yeah, great job. Yeah. Uh, was is is definitely uh, been a pleasure uh, having um, them here. Uh, so he has uh, God has just blessed them. He actually going to be the campus pastor for the college now. So. So that's so that is uh, uh, tremendous, tremendous news. Um, so so for us, it's not a goodbye, right? It's a see you later, uh, because we will continue to partner with the school. Uh, so we're we're excited to have them. I just really want to pray. I want to pray for them. I want to um, pray for you and Emily. If I can have you to just come up. Um, do we have uh, where's Doctor Pastor Apostle Steve? Is he around? Not, oh, there he is. Okay, praise the good Lord. Um, have my wife come up. We just want to just pray, just pray a blessing over over them. Bless this, yeah, bless. So yes, that's the only reason why I wanted you to come up here, <laughs> is to. <laughs> so let's just pray just a, a blessing over them. We want to just we uh, release them into what God is going to do in their lives. Father, have your way. Thank you for this awesome couple, Lord God, and we know that your hands are all over over them, Lord God. We know that you are ordering their steps, Lord God, and so this new journey that they're on, Lord God, I pray that they will see your presence, your your hand on on every 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 aspect of of their call, Lord God. So we just pray a hedge of protection over them, Lord God. You've called them to do mighty, mighty things, Lord God. And I, I speak, I pray right now, they, they will hold their position. No matter how tough it gets, they will hold their position, Lord God. And they will begin to, to know that you, you are there with them every step of the way, Lord God. You, they are anointed. You've already anointed them for the call. And we are so thankful that we get to witness all the things that you're, you're doing in their lives. So we just release them to do bigger and better things for your kingdom in Jesus' name. In Jesus. And bless these awesome cheeks right here. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.
Hallelujah. So, so a couple of weeks, um, me and my wife had a little short getaway, and it was just an awesome time. Um, it's a time for um, the Lord to refresh us, and I, I'm starting to understand the importance of rest. The importance of rest. I mean, because we we go and we go and we go and and you know we get things done but we get tired, right? And if we're tired, we can't hear from God. So God's showing me the importance of, of rest. And it was a time where God spoke to me about vision, reminded me of, of things that he said in the past and the new vision, amen. So I don't know what your thoughts are about this church. Um, um, but God said, I'm about to do something new in this in this church. It's, he said, it's going to be incredible. He said, he's bringing us in a, in a season that we've never seen before. Bless God. In a season that we've never seen before. So I'm excited about that. I don't know about you. Come on, stand with me one, one more time. I know we've been up and we've been down. We've been up and we've been down. Get, get your workout on here at Calvary. The Bible says to work out your own salvation. Amen. That's right. Fear and trembling. That's right. That's what you're going to do here. Amen. So I'm going to be reading out of the book of Hebrews uh, 11. Chapter 11. We're going to start in uh, verse 1. If you have it, say, I have it. All right. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified of his gifts, and through it, being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and he was not found because God has, had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we're going to do a, a four-week series on faith. But I'm talking about for real, for real faith. I, I'm, not, I'm not just talking about Sunday faith. I'm talking about for real, for real faith. For real, for real faith. 
That's what we're going to talk about, like that real faith when you got faith in all seasons. That's the type of faith I'm talking about. Like God's good in whatever you go through. He's still good. That's the type of faith that I'm, that I'm talking about. So we want to talk about for real, for real faith. Are you ready? Yes. Let's, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are our father and you created this world. You created us to do great things in, in, in our lives, Lord God. So thank you for uh, all that you're doing. We, I, I'm, I'm just waiting in anticipation for, for what, what's to come in this church, Lord God. Great things are coming our way, Lord God, and I cannot wait, Lord God. You're looking for faith people, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. So have your way in this service, Lord. Thank you for using me to minister your word. What a great privilege and honor it is to be used by you. Think with my mind and speak through my vocal cords, Lord God. Let your word, Lord God, become flesh today. And we just worship. We don't want regular church. We want to see you move. In Jesus' name, somebody give him a shout. Yes. You may continue to stand in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. So I was reading this uh, article. It, it, it talked about, it, it said, welcome to the era of fake products. It was, so it was, it was telling people to be careful what you buy. And especially uh, during the pandemic, I mean, people just have taken advantage. There's so many fake products out there, right? Electronics, I mean, uh, uh, you know, necklaces, watches, right? You have to be um, uh, careful what you buy. Our era, our culture is flooded by just so many fake products out there. It says to, it says to be careful of what, what you buy. Um, amen? Because you will, you will get duped. He says, welcome to the era of fake, fake products. I remember when I was a teenager, um, I would uh, buy these necklaces and, you know, want to look really good. And to impress all the girls, I would buy these fake necklaces. And, and I, you know, I was looking good. I was looking fresh. And so was the rash around my neck <laughs> when it turned green. Right? So you may be able to get away of uh, buying fake products, right? It may, it may not be the original. It may be counterfeit, but it still may look good uh, for you. But you can't get away with fake faith. Yeah, that's good. Because fake faith will not get you through a global pandemic. Mm, that's good. Fake faith will not get you through an economic c- catastrophe. Fake faith will not get you trials and, and, and storms in, in your life. Right? God wants the real thing. Only real faith will get you through tough times. Is anybody going with me this morning? So, uh, and J- James tell us fake faith is dead. He tells us it's dead. Right? So it's no better time that the church begin to show people what real faith is. Right. I believe the only time some people uh, witness real faith is when they read the Bible. Right? Because in, in Hebrews talks about 
right, of the, um, the champions of, of, of faith, the heroes of, of faith. So sometimes when we read this, the, uh, uh, faith in, in the Bible, we're just like, it's, it's not attainable for us. It's only Bible talk. Because we don't witness real faith, right, in, in, our, in our lives. Right, so the only time some people witness real faith is when they read the Bible. See, some people have an, just an idea of faith, but not real faith. Right? So, so sometimes, right, uh, we, we get too churchy with our faith, and then we get, or we get too worldly with our faith. You know, the churchy people, right, where they pray about everything, and God speaks to them all day long. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I just need to come up. But you know the people that we, even when you're at the grocery, they're at the grocery store and they, they got their cart and they, they stand in the middle of the aisle and they, they're saying, oh, Lord, bless you, God. Just tell me which aisle should I go down, Lord God. Tell me what food I should buy for your glory, for your glory. I mean, that's just ridiculous, right? I mean, because God does speak. Just look at the signs. It tells you what aisle you can go down. You, like, trust me, you don't have to pray about what aisle to go down on the grocery store. It, the sign tells you, give God a break. Sometimes we just need to give God a break. Can we give him a break sometimes? We don't have to pray about every single thing. Like, God, I mean, it's the signs are there, right? Signs are there. Like, you know, God has a sense of humor. He's probably looking at some churchy people looking down to heaven. He's like, oh, Lord. Why, why, why are they praying for what aisle they need to go down? Just pick an aisle. And Jesus probably looking at it and said, God, what are, they, what are they doing? What are they doing? He said, they're praying for an aisle to go down. They want me to, to speak to them. It's like, well, Lord, you created them. This is your problem. But then sometimes our faith gets too worldly, right? Too worldly, like anything goes, right? Anything. Like people say, well, God knows my heart. Yeah, but that's the problem. <laughs> What a wise man. <laughs> That's the problem, right? And some, um, some people think faith is to gain something but have no fear of the Lord. So then we have an idea of faith, but it's not real faith. I mean, so, the, so, so Hebrews talk, gives us examples of what real faith is, the heroes of faith, that, that gives us an example of how we should live. And it's obtainable. It's obtainable. Like we can do what these heroes of, of faith have, have done. We can have those, that type of faith. Are you with me? Yeah. God is looking at you as the modern day uh, hero of faith. Wow. He's looking at you. Come on, somebody got to go with me. I'll say, okay, so I'm going to give us a, a, a definition for, for real, for real faith. First of all, first of all when, when someone says for real, for real, that means they are dead serious about something. Like I'm, like, I'm dead serious, like, for real, for real, right? So you're dead serious on, on what you are saying, right? So let me give you a, a, a biblical definition of faith, right? It's going to be for our entire series. We're going to follow this for our entire series. You ready? Yes. Trusting in something you cannot explicitly prove. Trusting in something that you cannot explicitly prove. That's our definition. That means it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. See, this definition of faith contains two aspects. 
intellectual assent and trust. Intellectual assent is believing something to be true. Trust is actually relying on the fact that the something is true, right? So a cheer is a, uh, a perfect uh, way to illustrate this point. So intellectual assent, right, uh, says that this cheer is a cheer, right, and is designed to support someone to sit on it. Trust is actually sitting on the chair, sitting in a chair. And this is the position that the Lord wants us to be in, the position of faith, a position of faith and complete trust in him. We cannot give up our position. Amen. I've seen too many people give up their position of faith. This is the position where God wants us in. See, uh, uh, with uh, faith is developed through a crisis of life. Faith is developed through bumps in the road. Amen? So God wants us to remain in our position of faith no matter what. This is where God gives you an assignment, give you an assignment, but sometimes, a new, a new assignment and a new season. And sometimes your season doesn't look like your assignment. But he said, stay in, stay in your faith. Stay in your position. Do not get up from your position. Stay in, stay in your position. When Joseph got a new assignment, right, uh, in, in a new season, right, he got thrown in a pit. And he got thrown in, in slavery, thrown into prison, right? See, the problem is God doesn't give us all the details. He would tell you what you are becoming but won't give you the details how you're going to get there. But he said to stay here, to stay right here because I'm developing you. I'm developing you. And it's not going to make sense. It's not going to make sense. Amen. But this is the position where God wants us to remain in our lives. No matter what we face, no matter what we go through, he says, stay in your position of faith. Is anybody going with me this morning? It don't matter what it looks like. It matters what he says. Because if you have faith in the word, you will have peace for your assignment. Stay in the position of faith and let God do the work. God is developing you. He just needs you to stay put. Tell somebody to stay put. The enemy is after your position. People will try to remove you from your position because they're telling you it won't work. It ain't working. You need to move. God's saying, that, no, you stay where you are. I'm developing you. I'm moving things that you can't see right now. Remain in your position. Amen? Amen. Somebody need to come with me this yeah. morning. I believe when it comes to faith, metaphorically speaking, some people uh, go throughout life looking at the chair instead of sitting on it. The problem is we crave convenience. We crave convenience. If it's convenient for us, we will do it. But if it's not, it doesn't really fit into my schedule. I can't, I can't do it. But convenient faith is no faith at all. God would never call you to easy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you are a child of God. And you want you want you want God to use you? Guess what? He's not going to call you to easy. It's not going to be easy. 
because he's trying to develop you. So probably the same place or the same people you are complaining about is part of your assignment. The more you complain, the more he sends you back and say, go be a blessing. Go be a blessing. Go sit in your position. Don't move. Why are you getting up? Don't move. Go back to the place and let me use you. Stop complaining about it. Just go back and stay in your position. Amen? Because something better is coming, but you can't experience better if you can't be a hero where you are. So some people stand there and look at the chair instead of sitting in it. See, without faith, we will, ser- we will uh, serve underneath our capabilities. God needs faith. He needs faith. See, it's not always going to make sense. It's not always going to make sense, right? Faith is not what you see. Faith is more than what you say. Faith is not about your feelings. Faith is doing things that doesn't make sense. Are you with me? Amen. So like Noah, right? I mean, think about it. What God had Noah do to other people's mind, it didn't make any sense. God told Noah to build an ark because he's going to flood the earth, right? So that was Noah's job. So he had to give up whatever else he was doing. That was now his job. He had to go build an ark every single day. Imagine how inconvenient it was for his family. Like they were the crazy family in the neighborhood. Think about it. So his kids come over with his friends and be like, hey, man, what's, what's your dad doing? Oh, he's, he's, he's building a boat. God told him to, to build a boat and, you know, a flood was coming. He told him to put animals and people on the boat. I don't know what he's doing. It's like, but, dude, it's not even raining. Why is he doing that? It doesn't make any sense. So they were a crazy family in the neighborhood, right? Uh, how many know, have crazy family in the, in the neighborhood? You, you can identify crazy family. If you cannot identify a crazy family in the neighborhood, it could be you. That's probably you. But it's okay. It's a, it's, but it's okay. Right? I know I have a, a crazy neighbor that I call crazy neighbor. You know the neighbor that I'm talking about, right? That he's probably in 10 of my sermons, right? The guy that, that's his garage looks like Home Depot. He fixes everything in front of his house, right? He makes me look really bad because he can fix everything and I can't fix nothing. I mean, I am not kidding you. My, I had to show my wife what I was talking about. This guy, it seems like every day he's outside fixing or building something. <laughs> I think he is after me. I think it's about, he's, he's after me. I think because the reason why I call him crazy is because he doesn't say anything to me. He just looks at me with this proud look and says, yes, I'm better than you. <laughs> That's what it's just, see, and I know that, because right? the truth hurts, right? So I know that. I can tell that's what he's saying in his mind. But let me tell you, I've been praying for him. I'm going to pray for him. Because you never know. God may be using him, right, to prepare for the rapture. (laughs) Right? And I don't want him to be riding by on a boat saying, I told you I was better than you. (laughs) Right? So I'm going to be, I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to pray for him. See, sometimes when God tells us to do something, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But when you do what doesn't make sense in one season, develop faith for another. 
come on, is anybody going with me? It does, sometimes it doesn't make sense. God said, do what doesn't make sense. That means love your enemy when, even if they hurt you, right? Forgive those even if they don't deserve it, yeah. right? Do what God's telling you to do even if you are afraid. Give when you are broke, amen? Come on, give when you are broke, amen? Praise him even in the midst of chaos, amen? He said, do what doesn't make sense. See, when you do what doesn't make sense, confuses the enemy. The enemy is like, why are you still sitting here? Do you know what you're going through right now? You should not be sitting here. You should be wallowing in all the, all the, uh, your sorrows. You should be wallowing in all the mess that you're in. Why are you sitting here still praising God? Why are you still giving? Why are you still praising him? Why are you still sitting here? It confuses the enemy. It confuses the enemy and other people. See, some people don't know what faith is like. They say, can you get up? Do something different in your life. I'm, I'm the one to tell you right now, I'm not moving from my spot. Yes. I'm not moving from my spot until the Lord tells me. Until the Lord tells me. Amen? Amen. Oh, man, I just, I just, I love a talk back church. I wish somebody could just talk back to me a little bit, a little bit and say, like, I'm going with you right now, Pastor. Come on, give that word. See, God would never call us to convenience. God moves in chaos. Because he sends the people who he wants to use to calm storms. He sends people to calm storms. He moves in chaos. So our community... Communities are crying out now to see the kind of action-oriented faith that comes from teaching people to live out what the Bible says. I don't want to be a leader that only gives you um, just the, the word and not teach you how to develop it in your life. Develop faith in your life. Anybody going with me this morning? Come on. So what does faith look like in our lives? What does it actually look like? Well, Hebrews 11, 6 tells us. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By it, the elders obtain a good testimony. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, hoped for. So if you can see it, it's not faith. If you can see it, it's not faith. It's not faith if it's, if it's not driven by hope. If you can see it, based on this scripture, it's not faith. It's not faith if it's not driven by hope. So the enemy is a professional thief because the first thing he will come after is our hope. Because we, if, we don't, if we lose our hope, we lose our faith. He, if we lose our hope, we lose our faith. So what he does, he uses dis, uh, uh, disappointments. He magnifies di disappointments, disappointments after disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And then, uh, eventually, right, you won't have the energy to hope again. 
right? Some people have so many failed relationships, it's like, now I can't hope for another one because I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to get disappointed. Yeah. Amen? So it's, and it's, it'd be hard to trust people because of the disappointment. And then it spills over into our relationship with God. So it's hard to, to sit in the, in the, in the chair of, of faith when we have all these disappointments in our lives, right? It's because the first thing that usually goes is hope. So if I don't hope any longer, I can't, I can't have faith, amen? So then we watch everyone else sitting in a seat of faith, hoping for things to come, hoping for what God is telling them, hoping for the dreams to come to pass, amen? But it's hard for some of us to hope again because of all the disappointments. And the enemy reminds you of those disappointments time after time after time after time. That's why the Bible says to renew our mind, to guard our hearts, because that's what the enemy is after. If he steals your hope, he steals your faith. That's why the church in general at times have a lot of lukewarm Christians because they don't hope any longer. It's not real faith if you don't hope any longer. It's the substance. It's the substance for your faith. You don't hope any longer. Amen? So hope. Don't allow, allow the enemy to steal your hope. He is after your hope. Amen? Amen. People are lost during the pandemic. People lost hope. People lost hope. And then what follows after hope is faith. I've seen it. I've seen it. When people lose hope, it opens up the door for this different things. They start entertaining them themselves with different things in their lives. Amen. Something that they're not accustomed to doing. You know you're not supposed to be reading that. You know you're not supposed to have those thoughts. Amen. Because hope is gone and now faith is leaving. God saying, hope, don't stop hoping. God saying, I'm give, giving you permission to hope again. I'm giving you permission to hope again. I'm giving you something to hope again. Amen. Don't lose your hope. The enemy is after your faith. Thank you, God. It's okay to hope again. He said, just spend more time with me. It's okay to hope again. It's okay. He said, you are that modern day hero of faith. It's okay to hope again. So, I want to give you a tool to use to apply real faith. You ready for it? I don't have a long message for you unless the spirit have a, other things in mind. So, I, so here's a tool. To me, it's a powerful one. The power of expectation. See, expectation is an attitude of those who have hope, someone who is waiting for something to happen. See, many have faith but have no expectation. Oh, oh. so I'm going to give you three points for, about expectation. So faith and expectation both work together and go together. Expectation and faith look similar, but they are not the same. See, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Expectation comes by entrusting the word of God. Come on. So faith comes by hearing the word of God, right? Expectation comes by entrusting the word of God. 
So you, we hear the word of God every week, right? Or during our studies during the week, right? But now it's time to trust the word of God. So that's what faith is like, right? So when you hear it, so then you walk throughout your life, right, throughout your week, and you trust it. And you move according to what the word is saying. You trust it. Not just believe it, right? Because a lot of people believe it, but they don't trust it, right? They don't trust the word. See, when you trust the word, now the word, right, starts to manifest in your life. You start talking the word. You start walking the word. You start looking like the word of God. Amen? So you hear the word, and then you trust it, and you move with it. You do your thing. Amen? Amen. So trust it. So, so first, so, so when, it, when it talks about expectant is, is used to refer to a woman who is pregnant. See, when you have expectation, you, you give birth to what you are expecting. So you give birth to what you are expecting. So if you're not really expecting them, nothing, you, you're going to give birth, but it's going to be to what you expect. Right? So the power of expectation, the anticipation of God's doing something, he's working something out in your life. It's that anticipation. When you, read the God, when you read God's word, it gives you that anticipation. Like, wow, it's not just Bible talk. Like, it, I can literally manifest in my life. So it's that expectation is what I'm talking about. See, so, what, so when you are, when God puts a, a, a dream, a burden in, in, in your heart, you give, you give birth to that. So first you have to carry it. You first have to carry it before you deliver it. You have to carry the burden. See, some people want leadership but won't carry the burden of responsibility. Not willing to carry the burden of responsibility. So when, you, so when God gives you a, 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 an assignment, right, you first have to carry it. You first have to carry it. Are you with me? And it could be uncomfortable. It could be inconvenient for you. Right? Come on, pregnant women, right? Come on, moms, tell me. It can be inconvenient sometimes. You got to go through different wardrobes and all of that. It's, it's not, not comfortable. It's not comfortable. It could be inconvenient for you, right? You got to have to, when you're at a restaurant, you got to go to the bathroom like five times, right? It's, I mean, that's what, when God calls us to do something, it's not going to be convenient for us. He would disrupt your regular schedule program. He will, because it's for his purpose. God is always up to something in your life. So what is your expectation for your future? What is your expectation for your family? What is your expectation for this service right now? Right now. What's your expectation? So the second thing about expectation. God will always exceed your expectation. We know, all know the story, the woman with the the issue of blood, right? She said in Mark 5, 28, for she said, I touch even his garment. If I touch even his garment, I will be made. Notice that hearing about Christ created a hope. The expectation led her to act in faith. And resulted in a triple blessing. She got healed from her issue. She got led to Christ, right? And she and, and, and peace was instilled 
in her. God will always exceed your expectations. So what we pray for, right, God said, I'm, I'm going to do better. More than what you pray for. Exceedingly, abundantly more than what you can ask. That's the type of God we serve. Amen? So Jesus exceeded that woman's expectation, right? So she saw, she, she knew that Jesus can be the one to heal her. So that was her hope. Hope that he passed by. And expectation, right, drove her to act, right? See, you can't see faith, but you can see its impact. You can see its impact. Look at the impact Jesus made of this woman. She was healed. She was delivered. She had peace. Amen? Amen. We need to understand that God is going to do something. He looks, when God's want to do something, he looks for people who have expectation. Mm. When God looks to do something, he looks for people who have expectation, who know he's coming who believe in his word and look for him to come. Yes. I want to prophesy this over someone today. Lord, want me to tell you that he is going to exceed your expectations. And it's not, he's just going to blow you away. It's not anything that you think, right? It's not something you deserve. It's not something that you worked for, amen? It's, it's not something that you may even hope for, but he said, I'm going to exceed your expectations, right? Because you think I'm going to do one thing, but I'm going to do another, and I'm going to do another, and I'm going to do another. I don't know that's for someone today because he wants you to get your hope back, amen? amen? He wants you to get your hope back. He said, expect me to come. Expect me to do things. We need to expect God to do the impossible. We need to live with great anticipation. Let's get our hope back. Let's expect God to be God. I can't wait till the rest of the weeks, man. We're going to go in. We need to praise with expectation. We need to sow with expectation. We need to pray in expectation. Hallelujah. Okay, so... Last one. Expectation makes you act while you wait for God. The lack of expectation prevents miracles, even if you believe in God. I'm sorry. Pastor Steve told me to say that. And so, so, so the lack of expectation prevents miracles, even if you don't believe, even when you believe in God, even if you believe in God. Sorry. So expectation is an attribute of faith. See, faith is generated in your heart, and expectation is the attitude that motivates you to walk towards the miracle. Right? So faith is generated in your heart, and expectation is the attitude, right, that that motivates you to walk towards the miracle. uh, The best way for me to describe this is out of 1 Kings Chapter 18, verse 41. 
So then Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and he looked and says, there is, there is nothing. Even so, and seven times he says, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time. Then he said, there is a cloud as small as a man hand rising out from the sea. So he says, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops. So Elijah was a man of faith. His, 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 his boldness was a byproduct of his faith. So Elijah didn't see the rain, right? God spoke it, and by faith, by faith, he heard the sound of an abundance of rain. Come on, come on. Come on. that's expectation. That is expectation. He heard the sound of an abundance of rain. Tell, tell your neighbor, I hear a sound. I don't know about you, but I hear a sound and of abundance of rain in this church. But here's, here's the thing. The lesson, and for this sermon, the lesson is not about Elijah. Because Elijah is one of our heroes of faith. And sometimes, for some of us, our belief is that this type of faith is not obtainable for us. So, so the, for the, this particular lesson, it's not about Elijah. It's about the servant. It's about the servant. So Elijah told the servant, right? And so God gave the word to Elijah. He said that rain was coming. So Elijah had to go through all these things to get to this point on the mountain, right? So he got up to the mountain. So God told him that rain was coming. So he brought a servant with him. Now the servant had no name. So that means we can put our name in it. Wow. Right? So Elijah was sitting there. He was, he was kneeling down. He was praying. He was praying with expectation that the rain was coming. So he sent the servant. He told the servant to go see if the rain was coming. So the servant came back. He said, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything. And this is the way we live our lives sometimes, right? Right? We, I, I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see anything because we have to go by what we see. See, sometimes I, I believe, right, we look for results without the faith that is required. We look for results without the faith that is required. Amen? So, 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 so Elijah told the servant to go again. To go again. So here's the thing. God sends us back to a place, right, to, uh, back to a place so we can have the faith that is required to go into a new season. Amen? So God, so God, so Elijah told him to, to go again, to, to go again, right? So he sends us back to those dry places to, to, to go again, to, to, to have the faith that is required for us to have. Is anybody going with me? Yeah. So don't give up on your position of faith. Amen? Do not give up on your position of faith because sometimes we move too, fast, too soon. 
right? Because when we don't receive results, right, we go back to God and we say, God, I know what you said for me to do. I know what the assignment you have for me, but it's not working. I don't see it. It doesn't make any sense. So here's God is telling us, go again. Right? Stay in your position of faith. Stay in your position of faith. He tells us, to don't, don't give up, right? Don't give up. He's developing you. He's developing you. But sometimes we move too soon and we go, we say, God, God, I, can, can you just give me a new job? Uh, it's, this job is getting on my nerves. Um, the, um, the, these, these coworkers, you know, the coworkers I've been complaining about all, all the time, right? And God will say, go again, go again, go again. Go again until you become the person that he's called you to be. Go again until you do what he's calling you to do, until you do what doesn't make sense to you, but what makes sense to him. Stay in your position. Stay in your position. I don't know about you. I'm not moving from this position because where I am right now, I hear a sound and an abundance of rain coming. Amen. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to get me out of my position because of convenience or because of circumstances. I would not move from this position. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain coming into this place right now. God is about to do something that we've never seen before. He's telling people, don't move from your position of faith. The enemy is after your position. Amen. Don't let him have it. Don't let him have your hope. Amen. Expect me to move. Amen. Don't move from your position. Somebody give him some praise. Here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. It takes faith to go to a place. It takes expectations to stay in it. Yes, sir. It takes faith to go into a place, and it takes expectation to stay in it. Remain in your position. Don't move. Expect God to move. The problem is people don't witness real faith because we have this idea of faith. We don't hope any longer. We don't expect God to move. What happened to the church? Who don't expect God to move? It's his church. We are his people. He will do more than we ask him to do. He said, let, just let me be God. Just, just stay right here and let me be God. You don't even know, you don't even have to know how to walk in faith. Just stay. He'll teach you. He'll guide you because he ordered your step. Just stay, just stay in your position. Stay praying. Stay reading. Right? Move in your faith. Do what the word says. Remain in your position. And don't stop hoping. Those dreams, those dreams that God has given you, he said, I give you permission to hope for them again. Wow. I'm giving you permission to hope for them again. Come on, stand with me. So, God reminded me when I was away of this scene in the Bible. And I want to speak to 
everyone here that serves. So you know the scene where um, he fed 5,000. Well, actually, it was a lot more than that, right? You know, with thousands and thousands of, of people. And it was this boy that had two fish and five loaves. It was just a little thing. And God multiplied it. And so here's what the Lord will say to us. So when Jesus broke bread, this is amazing. When he broke bread, he did not give it to the people himself. He gave it to the disciples. All the, everyone that serves here, just hold your hand. He gave it to the disciples. He gave it to the disciples. He gave it to the disciples. Then the disciples took what was a small thing that appeared it wasn't enough. He took what they took what was small and they fed Amen. the people. You know what? It kept multiplying and multiplying. The more they served, it multiplied. The more they served, the more people they fed. The more they served, the more they kept going, the more, the more people were fed. People were blessed. They, weren't, they, they didn't go hungry any longer because of what Jesus gave to the disciples. So he's doing that for this church. So what you are doing may seem like two fish and five loaves, and we want more. But he's saying, what you have, I can multiply. Yeah. I just need three things from you. That's it. Just three things. Faith, hope, and expectation. Faith, hope, and expectations. Hold out your hand. The Lord's given to you. No ministry is too small for God. He's saying, if you have faith, if you have hope, and you have expectation, watch how I multiply that ministry. I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to hold out your hand. I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to multiply it. You probably can't hold out your hand, but hold out your hand in spirit. Hold out your hand. I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to multiply it. He's giving you the bread. You the bread. Amen. You the bread. Amen. He said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to blow you away. You have no idea of what's about to come for you. The things you're praying for, it's not enough. Because I'm going to exceed it. 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 Hallelujah. Faith. Hope. And expectation. That's how he moved. Faith. Hope. And expectation. I want this to be the church who have faith. Hope. And expectation. Come on, shout it out. Faith. Hope. And expectations. Come on, he's going to multiply it. You got the two fish. You got the five loaves. He said, that's all I need. Because you have hope. You have faith. You have expectations. Somebody give him a shout in this place. Bless you, God. God is amazing. He's just shared. He's like, this church have no idea what I'm about to do. 
I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's sending the right people to put in position to be a blessing. Hallelujah. Can I pray for you? Can I make this the altar call? Let me praying for you. One important call, the most important call that I do want to give is, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I don't want you to miss this opportunity. If you want to receive him as your Lord and Savior, just put up your hand so that way we can see it, so we can pray for you. Uh, if you are on, um, online and you want to receive the Lord as your Lord and Savior, just make sure you contact us. We have some prayer warriors that will pray for you as well. So I just want to, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for every. I want to pray for the church. And then I will release you. Can I just have you put your hands out one more time? Father, thank you. I just want to thank you for everyone here that serves. Things that they do behind the scenes. Things that they do when no one's looking. I thank you for them, Lord God. And I know, that, Lord God, that you see them. Lord God, I, I know this church, all we have right now is two fish and five loaves. But I know you can do a lot with a little. So right now, what we submit to you, God, what we submit to you is our faith, our hope, and our expectations. Our faith, our hope, and our expectation, Lord God. And we know that you will exceed them. So every week, we come in with these three things. Every day of the week, we are approaching with these three things. That you are God. And we believe in you. And you will do amazing things in this church. I thank you for every leader who committed their lives of leading people. Thank you for all that they do. Thank you for all the pastors here, Lord God, who chose to come to this body, to serve with this body, to lead this people. Thank you, God, for their commitment and their dedication to this church, most importantly to you. I pray a uh, a special blessing over all who serve and all who is about to serve and all who didn't know that they were going to serve for the people that are coming that's going to serve. Thank you for all of them. We bless your holy name. Amen. Come on, give them some praise. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's podcast. Thank you and have a blessed week.